Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so excited that you're here. Every week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Kids love our new partner, Little Bits, inspiring young inventors to create their piece of the Star Wars galaxy. For the first time ever, kids can create their own custom droid with electric bits that snap together. Discover the Little Bits Droid Inventor Kit at littlebits.com and Walmart, Amazon, and Apple. Guys, you are listening to episode number 162 with my friend Ellie Holcomb. Ellie lives in Nashville with her husband, Drew, and their two kids. She is a songwriter and a musician, and her newest album, Red Sea Road, is literally on repeat at the Ivy House. Today on the show, we talked about marriage and counseling and going through some really hard times. Here's something Ellie said that I think you're going to love. That hardest time where the soil was tilled up so much, it laid the groundwork for like flourishing. I mean, just flourishing. You're going to be encouraged through this conversation, no matter who you are or what stage of life you're in. Our context was marriage, but goodness gracious, no matter who you are, you are going to relate to her and mine too. (laughs) Who am I kidding? My need to avoid conflict. Ellie and I have a very real and vulnerable conversation about depression. Although I personally have never struggled with depression, I have friends who have, and let me tell you, Ellie will speak to you no matter where you are right now. If you are struggling or if you are walking with a friend who is struggling, Of course, I asked her what it's like at her house with two traveling musicians, and we both agree that there is no such thing as balance. It is a lie. And then I'm going to guarantee that you're going to tear up when she talks about a moment with her sweet baby girl when she was reading the Jesus Storybook Bible to her one morning, and they call God on the phone. Yes, you heard me right. They call God on the phone. Guys, be sure and check out her music at ellieholcomb.com. Or if you forget, just go to my webpage where I always have all of the links to everything that we talk about in these shows, jamieivy.com. And if you're looking to find me on Instagram, I'd love to find you there. I'm at Jamie Ivy. Friends, you know what I would love today? Well, a lot of things, but one of them is I would love a rating and a review over on iTunes. It means the world to the show and it actually helps more people find this show. Go to iTunes, look up the happy hour with Jamie Ivy, leave a rating and review, and I would be so appreciative. Here's the latest review that someone left over on the happy hour over on iTunes. They left it just this week. Miracles Happen 9 said this, absolutely love this podcast. Topics range from serious to silly and the conversations encourage and challenge me. Jamie has an incredible gift, Hooked on the Happy Hour. Thank you so much for those kind five stars and great review. Okay, friends, here is my conversation with Ellie Holcomb. Hey, Ellie, welcome to the Happy Hour. So happy to be here. I'm in your town. So happy to see you in my town. How long have you lived in Nashville? My whole life. Really? Like, I, I did not know this. Here. Born and raised in Nashville. There's a there's a company called Project Six One Five. They make t-shirts uh-huh. and give half of give some of the funds away to homeless shelters right here in Nashville. And they have a t-shirt that says Nashville Native and it is a picture of a unicorn on it. You know, Kinda we say the same t-shirt. thing about people native to Austin. Austin. Are you in Austin? Native? I'm in Austin and I'm not a native. <gasps> but when I meet someone like I was born and raised here, I'm like, you I mean it's rare. Unicorn. Because the city, both our cities have exploded. They have. And a lot it's of fun. people moved in. We have t-shirts that say, um, don't move to Austin. It sucks. <laughs> you know, like go back to Dallas. Like you're not going to like it here. But the traffic does get bad. bad. I mean, yeah. it is. And when you've seen that progressively get worse, yes. you're kind of like, hey, it's not that great. And everything's under construction. And yeah. But we love it. I love visiting your city though. Oh, I get to come here. 
a couple times a year and it's so fun. I love um, visiting your city. Because it's, it's so great. Let's trade houses one time. That's a great idea. Like house swap. I know. Okay. Hey. Talk about that later. Well, I'll talk about that. That's a great <laughs> idea. Um, okay. So I'm in here with you in Nashville and you've been here forever, which I didn't know. Where'd you go to college? UT Knoxville. Okay. So you did leave for a little bit. Just for, the, yeah, like the four years, okay. five years. I got my master's okay. there. So it was a five-year stay. I was in college for um, six and a half and I don't have a master's. So that's yeah, something. Were you taking a victory lap? <laughs> I was like all kinds of laps. <laughs> it's like my third senior year. It took Aaron, my husband, over seven. I mean, what were we doing with our lives? I have no idea. You were doing the smartest thing possible. We college fun, is so fun. I had too much fun. Is the, the was the, That was part of the problem. I wasn't having fun learning. <laughs> I was having fun in other ways. And yeah. I'm that I'm that dork. Like I would love to go back to college just to go to classes. I I got my master's in education. Okay, so I like love class and I you, love homework and projects. I think I would love learning more now. Yeah, like I've thought about going back to yeah. seminary or something, and I really want to learn. Like I don't feel like I need a degree. I just want to learn. Just want to learn. Yeah, that's I mean, when me. you're 39, you can learn. But when I was 19, I mean, I was you not learning fun. anything. <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> And I got the student loan debt to pay to show for it. Yeah, girl. Um, okay, so tell us a little bit. You're married, two kids. How long have you guys been married? We just hit 11 years this past June. Congrats. Thank you very much. What are you? How many years are y'all? Um, we are 16. Come on. Come on, so sister. We're just a little bit in front of you. Good. Uh, 11 years feels great. Okay. It's just, it's sweet. It's not perfect, but like, I feel like we're able to work through the conflict. For sure. For sure. Quicker. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. It's a little personal. What were the hardest years of your marriage? 11 years in. Oh, I like, I know exactly like absolutely year three. You know, like where you were living, what the living room was set up like. (laughs) It's the year, it's the year that I went to counseling. Okay. And honestly, like, and I was that girl that went to counseling and I was like, so I have this friend. (laughs) (laughs) And they're having a really hard time. I'm asking and for I'm a just here for them. <laughs> yes. And at the end of it, I had some, some, a lot of pain from my past, from past relationship, really, that was really unhealthy that had followed me into my marriage. Uh-huh. And I was a wreck. I didn't know I was a wreck and I didn't know I needed help, but she was so wonderful. And that was the, it was absolutely the hardest time and absolutely the most painful and the most like, I just felt stripped of everything. And, um, it was really hard, lots of just working through issues, but I will say that hardest time where the soil was tilled up so much, it laid the groundwork for like flourishing. I mean, just flourishing. And it was about a year and a half of worse before it got better, (laughs) which is a long time, but I would not trade it for anything in the world. So was this year and a half, was it worse for just you, Ellie, or was it worse for the Holcombs? Honestly, um, I think it was mainly worse for me. My husband is, he is a wonderful man. I was a conflict avoider. Mm -hmm. I did not know it was okay to not be okay. Uh Like I didn't know it was okay to struggle. And so I spent most of my life hiding and stuffing things down. And because I thought just God is good and I just need to trust him. And I did trust him, but I, he also knows that it's okay for us to struggle. He knew he would make a mess of this. That's why I sent Jesus. And so, um, it was really me working through a lot. And I remember, I just felt like a child, like a toddler. I felt like I didn't, 
when, so when I had conflict, I had no idea how to have conflict. And so when I finally did start having conflict, I was awful at it. I mean, I felt like a three-year-old. I, I literally am with my four-year-old and I'm like, this is how I acted. You're three into my like, marriage. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like this feels familiar. Yeah. Um, and so, but what was so great is my husband is a truth seeker and he is, he loves conflict because he wants to get to the bottom and the root and, and find it out and get like walk in the truth and in the light. And so, man, he was like, I like you so much better. And I'm like, but that what? can be really intimidating for a conflict avoider. Oh, it, it was the worst. Yes. There were, I'm going to just, I don't know that I've said this in an interview before, but there were times we were on the road together. My husband and I were in a uh-huh. band for eight and a half years. We were in a Volvo station wagon. And there were times I didn't want to die. Like I didn't want to kill myself, but the conflict that we would were having when we were working through stuff in the car, it was so painful to me that I, that I definitely had the thought many times it would feel better to open the door and roll out of the car mm. onto the side of the highway than to have to deal with than this. Than to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like it was so hard. Uh, now, so were you able, hard. cause I know sometimes conflict avoiders, were you able to, you can verbalize it now. Could you verbalize that pain then as in, I would rather roll out of this car then no. walk through this conflict. No, I would never have said it then. So you didn't know. You I just didn't knew know this is how hard. to communicate. Yeah. I didn't know how to communicate that then. And I think that thought scared me mm. back then. Yeah. Um, but I know now, like it just, it was so, it was so good for me to have to learn. It was like the biggest gift to be on the road with my husband. Because honestly, when you are trapped in a car, you really can't go anywhere. No. Like it was the most wonderful, uh-huh. like little incubator for learning how to have to deal with stuff because I just would have avoided it. I would have gotten a job. I would have gotten busy. I would have gotten hobbies. I would have found any way to avoid having to work through conflict. And I'm so grateful that God just put us in a Volvo station wagon. (laughs) Made you stay there. (laughs) The door shut. I think that when you talk about like bringing that into your marriage, I hear that so often from women is like, I got married. You know how they say like, parenting exposes all your biggest sins. Ooh, well, marriage yeah. does that first. It, well, at first, if you let it, absolutely, you know, and so I feel like that's so common of a woman getting into this relationship and then going, wait, it's not them. It's me. Like I haven't dealt with this. I have not dealt with this. And I, yeah. I read this article. My friend gave it to me on our third anniversary. It, it was a right around before our anniversaries where all, everything was brewing, you know? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh man, something's not yeah. right. And my best friend sent me this article and it was like, happy third year anniversary. By now you've realized you've married the wrong person oh, gosh. because every person is the wrong person. They're, they're people. Yeah. And no one's perfect. No one's perfect. And there's going to be conflict. And here's the point where love comes in, where you say, I'm in with you for all of your flaws and all of the things that drive me crazy about you. Let's work through it. And so anyway, it's been a really beautiful journey, awesome. even though I say it now, I probably need to be, it's good to remember yeah. that it was painful. Uh-huh. I say it's beautiful now, but it, it, I'm like, this is worse. Like yeah. when we first started having conflict, I'm like, this is worse. Right. I want to go back to pretending that everything's Right. Okay. Can we just act like everything's fine? And someone who's a truth teller, they're like, this is dumb. Why would we not talk about this? He was loving it. Yeah. He was like, I like you so much more now. And I'm like, I feel like... You feel exposed. So exposed, like a child, like a young, like temper tantrum throwing child. Oh my gosh. Okay. Year three. 
I'm three. Interesting. I love it. I felt three, three years into being. I love it. I love it. Our harder years did not hit until probably year, I want to say like nine, 10, 11, Mm. when we started adding to our family through adoption. It was just, life got hard for the first time for us. And it's like everything just kind of, you know, came up to the surface and it was hard for us. Yeah. But I'm a fan of counseling. Oh my goodness. Let's just encourage women with that because I have... I benefit from it. My husband has been. We have been as a family. Two of my kids go every other week. I mean, it is a value for us IVs. And I know that it has been for you as well. It has absolutely been. We like have, you know, we save for college. We feel like that's important, but we legitimately like are saving for counseling. Yes. Of course. Because we just know like Uh it has been such a life-giving deal for us. And for me, my counselor just repeated the invitation that Jesus gives to all of us that where there's truth, there's freedom. Mm. Even if the truth is hard and ugly and bitter and full of doubt and full of shame, like, you you know, you feel so ashamed by that. But the deal is like the cross is bigger than all of that Mm. and nothing is too far or too hard or too broken for Jesus. And so I have known freedom like I never knew it before. And it's part of why I'm doing what I do now, writing music and and I'm in churches and at women's gatherings all the time. And almost every night I'm talking about counseling from stage. And there are some rooms, honestly, when I'm like, so I went to counseling and and I literally want to be, I, I read people's uh-huh. faces and I feel kind of crazy. And yeah. I'm like, I want to be like, just kidding. My friend went to counseling <laughs> and they said it was yeah, great. Yeah. But truthfully, it has been one of the most um, powerful things that the Lord has yeah. used to bring transformation in, in our hearts. And I think we need to take the stigma away that the people in counseling are like the really, really, really messed up people. Yeah, that's all of us. Right? Thank you. That's all I'm in. Us. That's me. Raise your hand. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's been just this kind of, people would look at like, oh, if you have to go to counseling, oh, like, I'll tell you this, when we used to go to a certain counseling center, my husband's on staff at a church and people might know who we are, all kinds of things. Mm. He asked me one time, he said, are you okay going out the front door or would you like me to take you out the back? Really? Uh And I said, I'm totally okay going out the front door. Oh my gosh. Like you could take my picture in front of this place and use me on your brochure. Like I don't (laughs) care. You know, but his point was, are you, are you sure you want people to do? And I think his intention was so kind. Right. But to me, it was just a reminder of, no, it's okay. Like it doesn't mean that you're messed up and there's no hope. It just means, hey, you're fighting. You're fighting. You're fighting. You're fighting for the truth. And if we're not fighting, we're losing. That's exactly right. I mean, I I think um, it's been one of like the most encouraging. A lady stopped me at the zoo the other day. I love that. I get stopped a lot at zoos and libraries. <laughs> it's where you are with your babies. <laughs> where I am yeah. with my children. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm like, maybe don't talk to me right now because I'm here with my kids. Right. But, but this woman... Um, just said, I heard you talk about counseling about six years ago and I just need to thank you because it gave me the courage to go. And I just right there on the zoo playground burst into tears. And I just thought, man, there's something so freeing when we're vulnerable and when we're real. And is it C.S. Lewis that says the beginning of any true friendship is me too. Like none of us are alone in the struggles that we face, but I think the enemy would love to isolate. Yeah. Or at yeah. least that's what he does to me. Yeah. To make you feel as though no one else struggles with this. Yeah. And if alone. you say this, people, are, I mean, what will they think of you? What will they think of yeah. you? It'll be over. I know. My whole, this is not a show about me. It's about you. But 
my whole book is called If You Only Knew. I mean, because I struggled with this for years. If people knew things about me, would they let me lead their churches? Would they, well, should I be married to a pastor? Like, I don't know why I thought that was such a big deal, but I did. If no, they but the, knew. there's a stigma. Yeah. That you, you feel like you have to check off all of these boxes. Yes. Yeah. And we put too much pressure on too much. pastors' yeah. wives so and it's, pastors it's probably. A, you know, it's a scare tactic of if people knew about you, what would they think, you know? And for me now, like you say, enjoying that freedom, I enjoy the freedom so much that I'm like, can I please tell you all the ways I'm awful and messed up? Because then we just take every pretense off the table. I'm just like you and Jesus is so much better. Listen, <laughs> it is, I, I just quick story to illustrate this because he is so much better. And all of us, even people on a stage preaching his name, we're all broken exactly. and he's medicine that broken place. So I um, was going to speak at this, um, sort of Christmas event, doing like a Christmas show in Memphis at a very established church there. And I had been the year before and they just had loved it. And they invited me back the next year. And I was just, I was freaking out. And I mean, the enemy had a heyday with me. And for me, a lot of times, like if you only knew like all these things about, so that the way that sounds from the enemy is who are you? to think that you could get up on a stage and talk about, who are you to talk about the power of God's word? You don't even value it a lot of days. Who are you to think that you can leave your kids? Uh, I mean, I everything. I mean, and and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like (laughs) I've the whole time I've been admitting that I'm not anybody that great. And, but man, I mean, and so all of a sudden I was on a plane and I was, I was in tears. I was like, it was full attack. I mean, and I'm, and I'm heading this thing and I'm like, they're going to realize I'm, I'm not actually that good and, and I'm not going to do it right this time. And, and I might say the same thing. And what if I say, anyway, as if anyone would remember everything that I said, exactly. anyway, but I understand everything you're saying. All of the yes. things. So all of a sudden I'm like, Lord, I need you to speak into this. And all of a sudden it hit me. Like, I mean, it was my tears immediately stopped and it was like, I'll tell you, I, I am God's kid. He is my dad and I'm his daughter and he knows me and he knows that I'm a mess. He loves me anyway. Yes. And he thinks that I am awesome <laughs> and he has called me to do good things in his name for his purposes. And so it was, it was a huge deal for me. And, um, and I, there's a line in one of my songs from a record called fighting words. If they really knew you, there's no way they could love you anyway. And it's that if you only knew who I really was, do not put me on a pedestal mm-hmm. because I am a hot mess. But God yep. in his mercy yep. has had mercy on me. And I am rejoicing in yeah. that mercy and the freedom of being fully known and fully loved because of what he did on the cross. Amen. Woo. Let's just shut this show down. <laughs> that is the word. Oh, I, I mean, yes, 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 yes. Okay, we jumped in like all into the deep end right here with the pool. We just <laughs> went in and I love it. Okay, you guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power and build towards your summer you. 
I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Hey, so I need you to know that at your house, we listen to your new album, All the stinking time because you sent me a record and when you sent me a record i did not have a record player so we displayed it and it was i sent you like a vinyl vinyl. like an old school i I forget the words yes no no we did not have anything to play it on so i thought oh that's cute well then my (laughs) husband got one this summer and my daughter's story plays your album all the time So I love that your words are loud in my house. I love that. That your words, and then we also play a lot of the Oak Ridge Boys. So absolutely, that is good company. You'll take that company. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Every day. Um, And so, how many albums have you released? That was my. Well, that was my second full length album. I have two little EPs. Okay. Um, All of them are just out of God's word. Because that honestly, that is what started my whole journey to songwriting. in an effort when, when Satan is, you know, just having a heyday, I started memorizing scripture about, I think it was seven and a half years ago with a friend of mine who battles depression, kicking back at the darkness and the shadows with the light. And it started changing us. God's word. It's alive. It is alive and working. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, I think the deal is it didn't, it didn't necessarily change our circumstances, but it started changing us from the inside out. And so I just, all of my songs are me sitting in God's word saying, okay, Lord, I believe this. Help my unbelief. Like on the days when I forget, would you ingrain this into the fiber of my being that this is true? You just said something that I want to go back to. You said it didn't change the circumstances, but it changed you from the inside. And I, and you're talking about a friend who struggled with um, depression. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could come up with a really long list of things that we could put that under that our circumstances didn't change. Yeah, but we changed on the inside, and I feel like sometimes in 2017 we just want everything to just like we want to be good and be quick and be yeah. back and be okay, um, whether that's with parenting or marriage or job or a sin struggle, you know, yeah. Yeah. all kinds of things. Depression, uh, that is a really good thing for people to remember. Oh man, I my my so I have several friends in my life that battle depression pretty like consistently. And, um, my, one of my dearest, dearest friends, um, 
I mean, her journey is crazy. She ended up at a psych ward in a hospital. I mean, just like the place you don't want to go where you legitimately do like, I don't want people to see me walking in this place. You know, like this is, I feel really crazy right now. And she um, talks about the passage of scripture. I asked the Lord three times to take away the thorn in my flesh. And he answered me, my Grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And it, I tell you what, this friend of mine is a powerhouse of grace. And and her daughter battles anxiety and depression. Now she's young. Her daughter is young. And she thanks God for it. She, she said, this is the tool that is going to help my daughter learn to use scripture and learn to hang on to what is true. And so they pray scripture. I mean, it is, it is a powerful thing when you accept the circumstance. It's not that we can't ask God to take it away, but when he does it to say, okay, Lord, would your power be made perfect sure. in this weakness? Yeah. I think about that with people going through illness in their family. I mean, oh, not depression is an illness, but maybe like cancer or right. It, we are just begging God, more will chronic. you heal? Yeah, will you heal MS, this? Situation, whatever disease, it might be. Oh, yeah. yeah, will you heal this? And if not, and like you said, your friend acknowledging, this is actually how God's going to change me and be perfected and sh- be shown to the world, you know? I mean, and listen, Jamie, I cannot tell you, like she is, she sees somebody struggling with that and it is like, mm. it's like God made you to do this. Yeah. Like he has allowed that. I mean, it is, it is one of the most, she is one of my, I just, I tell her all the time, you are a trophy of grace. And she walks with a limp. I mean, she's like, yeah, this is it. I'm not coming at you, walking alongside you of like, the Lord's going to deliver you. Through. Here I am on the other side and right. it's all perfect and neat and tidy. No, it's not. But here's God in the middle of it. Here's who he's been to me. And here's who he'll be to you. And it is, <sighs> it is so powerful. It's so good. Because that is what we want to know. That is what we want to hear. Because what I don't want to hear is, don't worry, everything will be fine. Because I always say it might not. It might not. Your child might not recover. You know, the trauma might not ever leave your family. Like all of these things might not happen. But in the midst of it, God is just so faithful to use those things. I mean, one of my favorite is Romans 5, which talks about like what suffering produces in us, you know, endurance, you know, and, and a hope that cannot be shaken. And I'm just like, okay, if we have to walk through this, if this is what you're asking us to do. Yeah. But it's going to do this. Okay. 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 So be it. Surrendered, yes, to wherever it is that you're leading. And it and still sucks. It still is so freaking it's so hard. hard. I think that's what, when the last record I wrote out of a lot, uh, just out of, really out of a season um, of what felt like senseless loss and suffering. You're just going like, okay, Lord, right. what is the point of all of this? And um, whenever people come up to me in a signing line or after shows or whatever and say, I have loved your record so much. I can tell they're about to cry. And I just go, I'm so sorry. Cause the deal is, even though God is faithful, it doesn't make the journey. It doesn't, it's not easy. No. It doesn't make it easy yeah. or, or light or right. fun. Uh-huh. Um, but he is good. And I, and I am so grateful that there, there is a better resurrection coming for all of yeah. us. Like there's a better the end. It's not the end. I've been reading Hebrews and it's like, there's a better kingdom. We were made for more than this. And so we don't have to lose hope because there will ultimately be healing and restoration. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey guys, I know you're loving my conversation with Ellie because I loved it the first time and the second time I listened. But I want to thank our sponsors and our first one is Ring. Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. Today, over a million people use the amazing Ring video doorbell to help protect their homes. Ring knows home security begins at the front door, but it doesn't end there. So now they're extending the same level of security to the rest of your home with the Ring floodlight cam. Just like Ring's amazing doorbell, Floodlight Cam is a motion-activated camera and floodlight that connects right to your phone with HD video and two-way audio that lets you know the moment anyone steps on your property. See and speak to visitors, even set off an alarm right from your phone. With Ring's Floodlight Cam, when things go bump in the night, you'll immediately know what it is. Whether you're home or away, the Ring Floodlight Cam lets you keep an eye on your home from anywhere. Ring Floodlight offers the ultimate in home security with high visibility floodlights and a powerful HD camera that puts security in your hands. With Ring, you're always home. Save up to $150 off a Ring of Security kit when you go to ring.com slash happy hour. That's ring.com slash happy hour. Ring.com slash happy hour. And I also want to thank Virtue for sponsoring the happy hour today. Virtue Labs is a new hair care brand with the goal of giving everyone the best hair scientifically possible. Who doesn't want that? I do. It's complete with alpha carotene 60KU, a whole human protein that's identical to the carotene in your own hair. Virtue Labs has products that have the power to resurface and fill in cracks from damage to change your hair's quality and appearance forever. What this means for you guys is more bounce, more shine, more strength, and more life for your hair. This incredible new protein, Alpha Carotene 60KU, was discovered six years ago by a group of bioscientists working in restorative medicine. And now you can only find it in Virtue Labs line of shampoos, conditioners, and styling products. Not to mention, guys, that each Virtue Labs product is formulated to address specific issues like heat damage, frizz, or thinning hair. And in clinical testing, Virtue found a 67% reduction in frizz after four washes and a 95% reparation of split ends after five applications. Guys, are you ready to experience it? I know I am. I've been experiencing it. Listeners can now try Virtue at 10% off and get free shipping with the code happy hour. Visit virtuelabs.com to place your order. It's time to start treating our hair with a little more humanity. It's time for Virtue. Okay, here is the rest of my conversation with Ellie. Um, okay, let's go back to your music yeah. and singing and all that kind of stuff. My husband's a musician and people ask us often, just sing a lot in your house. Um, I kid you not, when Aaron used to be on tour, sweet little teenage girls would come up to me and be like, does he sing to you every night? <laughs> and I'd be like, and I, I would know. say to them, he's yet to ever sing to me. <laughs> like, this is not what our house, and someone asked us the other day, like, are you teaching your kids music every night? And I'm like, no, we're like just trying to eat dinner and get football practice in and baths and get in bed. Right. Like, we listen to the Trolls soundtrack a doing. lot. Yeah. 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 But you and your husband both make a living by making music. We do. Is this, to me, that seems as though there could be so many amazing things about that. Sure. But it seems like there could also be some struggles there. What are the struggles with two musicians in the house? Um, well, I love that because people have asked us literally the same questions. And there there are, the deal is, there are certain times where Drew will have written a song and he will say, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm crying in the kitchen. That is really sweet. But that is 
few and far between. That's like a really special. I mean, that's like right now, Aaron's working on an album. So I hear a lot of it. Right, right. But now. I didn't for the past seven months. Right. Yeah. And he's not like, let me just gaze to your eyes <laughs> yes. and sing to you, babe. There's no gazing and singing at our nope. house. Nope. nope. Um, and I, so we, um, the, it, so it, it is such a gift. I mean, we say all the time, we feel so grateful that this gets to be our job. Um, and in the same breath, we also feel like God has called us. And I think if we didn't feel like God had has called us, um, neither one of us would be doing music. Truth be told. I, I mean, because why? Uh, cause you have to leave home a lot. It's for the birds, yeah. man. I mean, it is, it is a, there is a cost and a sacrifice, um, to, I mean, there's a cost and a sacrifice anytime you follow Jesus, right? Like right. pick up your cross. Yeah. And so, um, I, I think leaving, we were together for so many years. So it's actually kind of nice when we, we are now touring separately. And so we actually like missing each other. Like yeah, that's real fun. Yeah. We've never had uh-huh. that. Cause y'all were stuck in like a Volkswagen. Yeah, we were, in a Volkswagen. <laughs> we were like, actually it's kind of fun yeah. to miss you. Um, but we never go longer than two weeks without seeing each other. Um, we, we try to do that, but man, when you throw little people into that, that yeah. you are crazy about, so we're just always really open-handed. Like, Lord, what do you want us to say yes to? What do you, we say no more than yes, I feel. Um, so that, the tension of, um, I mean, for so many years, we were like, anybody ask us to do you anything to say yes. and we will come. And all of a sudden we're at this place where it's sort of like the scales have tipped yes. to where it's like, we can't do, right. we can't do most of what we're uh-huh. asked to do. And yeah. how do you discern and, and, what do you say yes yeah. to? And because when you're saying yes, you're saying no to something Always. else. So that, that is really hard. Um, that's, that is the hardest part about yeah. it. And you know that. I know that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I you know that even like, in your job. Yeah. Like when I'm on the road, I'm not parenting. Right. You know, cause you're, I'm working and when I'm parenting, I'm not working. So it's like, people are probably ask you, how do you balance it all? You know? Yeah. And you don't like there is Thank no, you. Like, oh God bless you. I always say that in don't. interviews and I feel like people are really disappointed in me. No, there's like, no I'm magic. So you know what? Sorry. I always say like, here's how you balance it. When I'm with my kids, I'm their mom. That's right. And when I'm on the road, I'm podcast or working or speaking or right. writing or whatever. Right. And, and of course you are parenting. You know what right. I mean? You like can pray for them. Exactly. You can, FaceTime, all the things. All the things, but it's not. It's not the same. The same. I'm not tucking anybody in. I'm not making lunches. I'm not sitting at the counter talking, you know? And so- I agree. There's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I, the, my favorite conversation that, and and as they get older, I think it's harder because they're more aware. I mean, oh, our yeah. oldest is four and a half going on 14. I'll tell you it is harder. I, I mean, have big kids. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, so, but I love this conversation that my husband had with Emilou and they're a lot alike in a lot of ways. And um, he said, Emilou, your mom and I go. And, and we go out and we, and we leave and we miss you so much. But God has given us gifts, good gifts to share with the world. And he's called us each to our own adventure and our own stories and our own ways to use the gifts that he's given us to bring beauty and goodness into the world. And, and here's the deal. He's given you good gifts too. And the reason we say yes and we go is because one day when you get old enough, He's going to ask you to go and we want you to have the courage to say yeah. yes when yeah. he asks you to go too. And I, I'm You're in like, the kitchen. Jay, he's that's awesome, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had kind of, my oldest is 13 
And then I have 12, 11, and nine. And I say no more now because I don't want to miss what they're doing. That's right. You know? And so they have their own little lives. They do. And, and I hate missing and... football games and band concerts and yeah. softball. Like, I, I don't want to miss that. A couple, I shared this on the podcast the other day, but I'll tell you again, a couple of months ago, we have summer teaching that comes into our church. So like our preachers aren't preaching, we're bringing people in. Yeah. And so we were talking with one afterwards and we were introducing our kids to him and we're like, oh, he lives in, you know, wherever he lives. And one of my sons looked at me, he goes, does he have a wife? And I said, yeah, he's a wife and kids. And he goes, and he left them to come to our church to preach. And I said, yeah. And he goes, that's like what you and dad do. And I was like, light bulbs are switching on everywhere. Oh but he said, that's what you and dad do. And I was like, that's, ex- I mean, I was like, yes, that's this weird. is what we do because we tell our kids, why are you leaving? To go tell people about Jesus. You know, right. why, go tell people about Jesus. But he had this moment where he's like, oh, he did that. That's what you do. And I was like, yes, oh, yes. You're, kidding. <laughs> you're, kidding. you're 12 and you get it, you know. <laughs> but it is, it's a sacrifice. Yeah. It's a sacrifice. And I think everybody makes those in all kinds of different fields, you know. Yeah. Oh, listen, my this is my dad. I, this is my story with my dad. He is a CCM producer. If he were here, he would tell you the story. So we talk about it all the time uh-huh. on radio interviews because he's produced all my records, which is so precious. That's fun. But we, he was a workaholic. Uh-huh. I mean, the opportunity was great. It's a huge mission field. Yeah. And he missed out on a lot uh-huh. of our childhood. And so I'm not saying that that's where you are, are but for him, it was, he was right. gone. The Lord got a hold of his heart, changed it. You know, he moved his studio home. He's changed his schedule all around. And um, and he says that the biggest thing he can offer to his kids is the story of and the love of Jesus, but um, repentance. And he, it has been the most, one of the most freeing things because um, he saw another musician dad at a college and he was sending his son out to college. And he was like, I just feel like I might not have spent the most, to, you know, enough time with them. Did I leave? Did I tour too much? And he goes, oh, you probably messed it all up. Like, you know, you, that's all of us because we're human. He right. said, but God will redeem all of it. Oh. And I just thought, and that Such is what hope. he has done in my relationship with my dad and with the kids, each one of us, each one of the, I'm the oldest of five. We say he's restored the years that the locusts have eaten. And for every hard thing, he is just... He's redeemed it. And that's what And it's changing does. the way that you, it's, a, it's something you're thinking about, whereas your dad might not have thought about it. You know totally. what I mean? So, and so and now I'm it's on like, your, it is like, you're on it. Forefront of your brain. Of yeah. My, of my mind, yeah. my heart. So it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's a relief to know too, like we are not, we're just absolutely not going to do it. Of course perfectly. we're not. Of course we're not. <laughs> this is why we're saving money for our kids counseling. I'm like, you're going to need this. The other day, my daughter said something and she said, well, I don't remember when I was five. And I was like, oh, praise Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Because that was a hard year. That's all I have to say. We had a hard time at the Ivy House. Um, okay. So <laughs> right now we're at my hotel room at the ERLC convention and I met Sally Lord-Jones yesterday. Now, Sally has been on my show and it's one of my favorite interviews I have ever done, hands down. Everyone needs to go listen to it right now. Um, and so when I met her yesterday, I didn't want to be weird. Right. Sure. So sure. Trillia introduced, she said, Oh, this J- Sally, Jamie, do y'all know each other? And I said, hi, Sally, you were on my podcast, the happy hour. And she said, oh, I love your show. I could have died. I could have died, Ellie. <laughs> and then she said, I love your show. She said, you were one of the best interviewers I've ever had. And inside I'm, I'm acting cool as a cucumber, but inside I'm like, 
holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. How can I record this conversation? <laughs> Something's happened. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Um, because I just look up to her and respect her so much. And so it was just like this, it made my heart really, really, really like, you just like, feel so good. I was love like, that I love you, Sally. <laughs> um, and so I, I am such a big fan of hers. I mean, she is just brilliant and beautiful and loves God's word and loves people. And if you don't have a copy of the Jesus Storybook Bible, go right now and get one. But you went on tour with her. I did. Can you just tell me about it? And yeah, we, she is, she is probably like, it's probably fair to say she's one of my heroes. I mean, that's fair. So, I mean, just the language that she has given me to speak about the gospel, not only to my children, but to my own heart. Yeah. Um, through the Jesus Storybook Bible, and then she has so, so many other many yes, wonderful yes. other lovely, lovely beautiful stories books that, that she's written and released, even about like potty training. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And anyway, it's yeah, beautiful. how to be a big sister. And so, um, it is. It is like it when they, you know, it just was one of those things where it's like an email that comes across your uh-huh. your little email account, <laughs> and you're like, what? what? <laughs> Go on tour with Sally Lloyd. Jo- with my hero, yes, <laughs> right. like oh, what you know, just like uh-huh. all capitals, yes. exclamation points. But um, it was such a joy to get to partner with her. And what we did, um, we were celebrating ten years of the Jesus Story of Bible, um, being around and released into the world, and we got to tell her story and the story of how God called that storybook Bible out of her, and we were interweaving it with a bunch of my songs, many of which are inspired by her story. So it was like, beautiful. we got to tell the gospel story and our own personal stories in the way that the gospel intersected with that. And, um, it was an evening of stories and songs is what we called it. And, um, the actual event was unbelievable. It was with compassion. Uh-huh. So we were getting yeah. kids Love sponsored that. and, um, and, but then I think maybe even more than, I can't decide what I love more, the event or adventures with Sally, because we would go every day and walk from the bus in whatever city we were to find a coffee shop or a magnificent tree or anything that the Lord would put in our path. And the conversations that we had. I'm sure. They're very precious to you. Yeah. I'll never, yeah. uh, you know, there's just, so Here's to hoping that gets yeah. to happen again. Well, if it does, can y'all come to Austin? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I know that it's not a big church city, but we can get some people together. <laughs> I know a lot of my friends that love both of y'all. So let's bring it to Austin, it. Texas. Uh, that's just, it's, I, talk about that Bible. I, I don't read it to my kids anymore, but they're older. Yeah. Um, but I remember when they were younger reading it and crying. Yeah, just, almost every time. Yeah, just the language. Um, I still, the first time I ever heard about that we're in need of a rescuer, you know, that's like, I use that in, I, I talk about Jesus as a rescuer that God sent all the time in my talks. And I read that from that Bible, you know, and, and I love the the way it's set up. I mean, just, we could talk for hours about. Every story whispers. Every name. story, it, it everyone is. points back to the rescuer. It is, it is. And that tour felt like picking up breadcrumbs. Like the Lord was like, here, this. And what's really sweet is my little girl, Emmy Lou, and, and we 
tell the story interwoven through song and Sally reading when we toured together, but um, <laughs> this was just crazy. Sorry, it's going to make me cry, but um, um, I was really asking the Lord if I was supposed to keep touring um, before I released my next record. I'm like, Lord, I am not doing this unless you tell me to, because this is hard, even though I love it. And I feel like, but I am not going without your blessing. Like I'm not leaving here unless you go with me and unless you tell me to. And, um, he spoke such sweet promises. Like I am going to hide you and your family underneath the shelter of my wing. So the next day after he speaks this, like, I just see that he's speaking to the very lie that I believe the most, which is, if I do this job, it will destroy my family. Right. So he spoke right to that, gave me fighting words from Psalm 91. Anyway, a bunch of different scripture to kind of hold on to that he spoke over me that night. The very next morning, I'm reading the Jesus Storybook Bible, um, the Battle of Jericho, and it talks about the rescuer who's going to leave his home and and calm down and rescue us. And Emmylou goes, Mom, where's God's home? I was like, that's a great question. And, you know, I didn't really know what to say. So I just said, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. And so she goes, it's in heaven. And I was like, yeah, baby. And she goes, and then it's in our hearts. And I said, yeah, baby, that's right. And all you have to do for God to come into your heart and to be your rescuer is just say, God, I am a sinner. I run away from you and I need you to rescue me. And will you come live in my heart forever? I was just kind of explaining to her, just Laying like, out that's gospel, all you yeah. have to do. Uh-huh. And she goes, oh, mom. I want to pray that. Can you can we pray that together? And I and I was like, baby, yes. She goes, can we call God on the phone? And I was like, okay, <laughs> yes. And so so she slides over onto my lap. She's like, get your phone out. So we hold pretend phones up, and, and she goes, will you help me know the words, mom? So I say, God, you know, I'm a sinner. She's repeating, and I need you to rescue me. And will you come and live in my heart forever? And and she says, and God, will you come live in my heart forever? And it's kind of quiet. I am just tears are sure. streaming down my face just after God promised me the night before he would protect my family. And it's just this sweet moment with my girl. And she goes, mom, he said, yes. Oh my gosh. And I just said, baby, that is what he says when, whenever he asks us to rescue him, he when we need a rescue, he, says, he yes. says yes, because he's the rescuer. That's right, baby. And so a week later, they get, they send me the email. Do you want to go on tour with Oh my gosh. Is that not? It gave me the chills. Insane. Oh. So it just felt like this really sweet journey of um, celebrating the faithfulness mm. of our rescuer. God, I Sally. love that language so much. I love it. Oh, okay. Well, I hope you guys come to Austin. <laughs> because we'll, I'll just sell tickets for y'all and pack it out. Um, okay, last year, your husband ended up in the hospital. He did. With meningitis. Yes. I had meningitis when I was in high school. No Yes, way. I did. Viral so you meningitis. Know, you know. It was vi- yours with viral. That's what he had too, right? Yep. So I was, I mean, I was a junior and I was telling my mom, my neck hurts, my head hurts, weird. It got weird. She took me to the emergency room. And as soon as I told my symptoms, they like took me back immediately. And I was diagnosed pretty quickly. I think that you guys weren't. Yep. I was diagnosed pretty quickly, spinal tap, all the things. But then I didn't stay in the hospital like he did. But I had severe headaches and vomiting for like two weeks. Oh, my goodness. So y'all walked through this. Mm-hmm. And your husband was in the hospital for how long? We were there for six days. And, and it was 14 days 
you know, two weeks before those six when days. he was so of, sick. He was so, he just, the worst migraine of his life. Yeah. You know, could hardly function. Uh-huh. It was so... I couldn't drive. I mean, I was, yeah. I was vomiting and my head hurts. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Ann Voskamp yeah. actually had this and she was like, it is the most painful... Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's like a, it should be like a tribe of people. Right. We've been in the club. You survived it I know. Together. But that was, you know, that was one of those moments. He, um, the, it had been so bad for two weeks. They couldn't figure out. We've been to general practitioner, you know, they're giving him migraine meds, yeah, not sure. touching anything. Uh-huh. And he uh, woke up one morning to go to Bible study and came back 10 minutes after his Bible study and was like, I feel awful i'm on the phone they're like you need to take him to the er the pediat or pedi- pediatrician <laughs> maybe that's why they weren't finding out anything i've been talking to the pediatrician a lot lately but our general practitioner doctor was just like you need to take him in well i'll go upstairs he is clap he had tried to get up out of bed collapsed vomiting everywhere I thought he was having an aneurysm. I, I was, I was like, okay. were you calm? Uh, no, I was absolutely freaking out. And I do not do well with hospitals. I don't do well. The, and you know, my aunt is a nurse and she's like, you need, need to remember all the details of all oh. the medicine. And I'm literally like, I'm about to throw up. Right. I'm like, I am so equipped to yes. be his advocate. <laughs> yes. Like I am not an advocate. I don't know. So I, my sweet uh, people, my people, my little Bible study group girls, um, one of them's a nurse and I was literally on the phone with her when they called me to tell me to go to the ER. She was like, I'm coming with my kids. I'm going to watch your children. She lives right down the street yes. around the block. And she saw Drew and, and I mean, he just looked like he was at death's doorstep. I mean, <sighs> pale. She was really worried. So she sent out, you know, to SOS, the troops uh-huh. like y'all be praying. And I was, I, you know, am just frantically driving to the hospital, take all the wrong turns. Of course, your husband's like dying. <laughs> you can't figure like, out where you live. He's going to die. Yeah, yeah. have a terrible sense of direction. <laughs> Lord, you know, I've lived here my whole life. I still don't know how to get to the hospital. What in the world? So I am, I am wigging out and we are in the emergency room and I'm, I am just like, you know, like panic attack feeling. Yes. That weight on your chest. I can't, like my heart is beating uh-huh. so fast. I feel like I'm going to lose him. And I mean, like when Jesus was on in the middle of that storm and he says, be still out of nowhere, calm, Calm. out of nowhere, I turn into like the world's best advocate ever. You're like nurse Ellie. I know all of the things. These are the names of the medicines. I mean, it was a supernatural peace that did not make any sense to have. And I, I went back on my text thread and all of the girls at the very moment that that happened, they are sending all of these scriptures. They're praying. It was, it was one of the most, and I remember when he finally got his spinal tap, he didn't have any of those symptoms. It, it was a different kind of, anyway, it was a different manifestation of viral meningitis, yeah. which is why it took him so long to uh-huh. find it. But he went down for the spinal tap and I actually was up in the hospital room singing. It's crazy. I wrote a song in the hospital room while he was getting his spinal tap because um, it was right before Christmas. And um, I was sensing the nearness of Emmanuel, even in the midst of all of that unknown. And uh, 
And I still didn't know, like we didn't have the answers, but um, it was such a gift to get to uh, experience his nearness and that peace that he talks about, that he gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and that peace of God that transcends all of our understanding. Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And man, that is a profound and mysterious thing. Your husband's getting a spinal tap and you're just going, you're faithful, God. I mean, and your circumstances hadn't changed. No, say it again. It hadn't changed. It hadn't changed. And there God was right, right in the middle of it all. So, um, man, I'm so grateful. Um, I haven't told that story a lot. So sorry. I'm a little, let's love it. It's a little, a little fresh, a little fresh. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, uh, I I think just over and over again, I'd seen God do that for our, our people that we were walking through a lot of sorrow and suffering with. And then, um, I got to experience that really on the most, the closest level with walking through that with my husband. And, um, man, I am so grateful and I am so grateful he's out of the hospital too. For sure. I mean, it's hard, 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 hard. Yeah. Yeah. So we came home. It was like the sweetest Christmas ever. Came home and, and, uh, cried our way through Christmas Eve and Christmas because, you know, I think when you walk through something like that, you're like, grateful for every breath in your, in your lungs, yeah, you know? Yeah, totally. Oh, so, so scary. And I just love the way that you talk about it as in the, the circumstances and then the faithfulness and that God was with you and all of that. And, and, and it's like, you can't predict that or feel that until you're in, that's until what he does. You're until yeah. you're in it. Until like, you're I in can't it. understand that. I can't yeah. understand what it means to lose my husband because I have it and I don't, need that grace and you needed it. And he, and he provided, like you said, it would provided it. It's like my worst fear, you know, for sure. Like, yeah, so it's, coming, it's out. like it's coming out, you know, and it's like, here we are. Yep. Yep. I'm still here. And I, there's that mercy of me song that's on the radio right now. Even, you know, even if you don't, my hope is in you yep. alone. And I, and it's like, you get to that place where that you have to be able to stand on that. Yeah. It has to be true. Yeah. Yeah. Or else nothing's true. Or else nothing's true. Or else nothing's true. Ah. And there, anyway, you never would write the circumstances or wish them on yourself or anyone else. But it has been where, um, my friend was just telling me about a thin place where this earth and the earth that is to come, the new earth, heaven are so closely intermingled. Um, and man, it is a holy place and it's, it's not a comfortable place per se, but it's, it's holy. Mm. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, okay. Ellie, I, I end all of my shows and I didn't set you up well for this, but I end all my shows asking my guests what they're reading and what they're loving. Ooh. Ooh. Do you have anything to share with us? Well, currently I am reading a book that Rebecca Lyons told me about called Abiding in Christ okay. by Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray, like I can read whatever he, yes. Oh my word. It's I've one actually of those, heard of, you're not the first person to recommend this book and they say it's life-changing. It is like, I'm still on, I've been reading it for like six months and, and I'm on three. chapter, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I was going to say chapter two, uh, that's rounding up really. Yeah. I just keep going back 
to it's so full. Um, this dense. idea of abiding in Christ. And so uh that is kind of blowing yeah. my mind right now. Um so I'm reading that and then um there's like seven other books on my yeah. on my all of the table. Yeah. Maria Goff's book. Yes. I'm in the I'm in I just uh-huh. like picked that up. Yeah. So I'm starting that. I love her. Yes, Ooh, I, I love do that too. So much. Um and then what I am loving right now, um I'm loving it's been a slower season with my kids and I um I am loving like slower, long, long, slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really unintentional time. Just yeah. like that those like playful yeah. long hours with them. And then a salad that my friend gave me a recipe for that is so good. And Why? I've made it like six times. What makes week. it so good? Because I need it in my it's life. Corn fresh off the cob. Oh, it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy. Corn fresh off the cob, cherry tomatoes, like a box of cherry tomatoes, or off the vine if you grow them. My uh-huh. friend grows them. So I'd I'm like Planning on driving uh-huh. by her house on the way home from yeah. here, actually. Yeah. Picking them. She was like, come anytime. So, um, and then fresh basil and avocado and then like a little honey lime Sounds dressing. amazing. Yes. Lord Jesus. And then you could throw like feta cheese on there and mm-hmm. call it a day. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. So I am loving that salad. Right uh, that sounds so good to me right now. Because so you and I good. both like haven't eaten today. And so We're I'm hungry. like, oh, tell me more. Tell me more about the salad. <laughs> like, what else can we put on that salad? Uh, Ellie, it's been so fabulous having you here. So grateful. Thanks for coming on the happy hour. Thanks for having me. You guys, wasn't that a great chat with Ellie? If you can't tell, we're both fans of counseling. So if you're thinking about visiting a counselor, we both say, you go, girl, get on in there. If you listened to this show and you were not encouraged, I'm just going to say you might need to listen again. And if you're new here and you haven't listened to the interview that I talked about with Sally Lloyd-Jones, I'm going to demand that you go right now and listen. It is one of my favorite shows I've ever done. It's episode number 76. Seriously, you guys, go listen now. Ellie's tenderness when talking about her husband Drew's time in the hospital was moving. And I'm still thinking about the faithfulness of God, even when our circumstances are unchanged. Guys, I also want to thank again Virtue Labs. It's a new hair care brand with a vision to give everyone their best hair scientifically possible via an incredible new protein called Alpha Carotene 60KU. Alpha Carotene 60KU is a whole human protein that's identical to the carotene in your own hair. It was discovered six years ago by a group of bioscientists and has the ability to resurface and fill in cracks from damage, giving more bounce, shine, and strength to your hair. And now, you guys, you can get it exclusively in Virtue Labs line of shampoos, conditioners, and styling products. Just visit VirtueLabs.com and use the code HAPPYHOUR to try Virtue at 10% off plus free shipping. You guys, today's show is edited by Chris with Podshaper and the music is from Jason Poe. Next week, my guest is Sharon Hottie Miller. And let me tell you right now, you do not want to miss this show. It was my first time to have Sharon on the show and to have an in-depth conversation with her. And I'm a fan. I'm not just a little fan. I'm a huge fan. We have a great conversation that women are needing to talk about these days. So guys, enjoy your week, share the show with a girlfriend and have a happy hour with a friend. And I will see you guys next Wednesday at the happy hour with Sharon. 